There are times when I feel like I'm a little bit too self-helpy with this podcast, but you know, a big part of why I do this is to share little tidbits that I've learned about along the way to hopefully, you know, short circuit the process that other people are going through so that they don't have to go through all the trials that I did. And so one of the things I wanted to talk to you about today is that you should never make wishes. You should tell yourself stories. And I really want to talk about that on today's Project Shadow. Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name is Charlie. You might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, especially if you're reading my latest book, Crucify My Love. And today I really want to talk about why you shouldn't make wishes, but you should tell yourself stories. But before we get into all that, if you haven't already, please take a moment to rate this podcast in whatever app you're listening to me on. It really does help out a lot. It tells the algorithms to share the podcast with more people. The more people that listen, the bigger the community, the bigger the community the better the chance we have of actually communicating with each other. And after all, that's why I do this in the first place. Thank you so very much for doing that. All right. So why do I say that we shouldn't make wishes? Why? And this is also part of why I'm not a big fan of goals, unless they're incorporated into our stories. And, okay, I'm going to start at the beginning. You see, once upon a time, before we, had before we had secularized everything, people lived in the context of stories. And this is important because our minds are designed or evolved, however you want to say it, I don't care, to incorporate knowledge into itself via story. We make sense of the universe through story. If you want to remember things, you need to tell them to yourselves in the form of a story because you will have a better likelihood of remembering the story than you will the dry facts. That's just how the human brain works. And this is where I think people get confused about spirituality, mysticism, and religion. And no, 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 don't stop. This isn't going to be one of those proselytizing episodes or anything like that. I don't do that. That's not what I'm doing. But one of the things that made those elements so vital to people's lives over the centuries and millennia, and why they are so meaningful for a lot of people today, is they position the individual into a story. They put you in the middle of an ongoing saga, of an ongoing tale of gods and monsters, angels and demons. And they give context to all of the random craziness of your life. Now, I'm not saying that you have to be religious. I'm not saying you have to be spiritual. I'm not saying anything like that. But one of the problems I think that we have is we set goals for ourselves. And we think that by sheer willpower, we will be able to accomplish them. And that's not how most people operate. And I say most people because I've known individuals throughout my life that had the ability to just say, I'm going to do this. 
And once they set their mind to it, it gets done because it got done. And I don't know what techniques they used in their own heads to accomplish this, and they may have done something similar to what I'm going to be talking about today. But yeah, there, there are some people that goals actually work for. There are some people that wishes actually work for. But for the most part, we need to put everything that we're doing in context of a story. This is what, if you've noticed, I've been trying to do with you all through the pep talks for NaNoWriMo, is putting you in context of the story of what's going on. We have decided to slay a dragon. That dragon's name is 50,000 words. And when we win, we earn the crown of NaNoWriMo winner. And we're not going to be special. We're not going to be unique. There will be many of us who hit that. There will be many of us who don't. But we're all trying to slay that dragon. And if that's an analogy that works for you, use it. If it's not, use some of the other ones. Use the marathon. Use the race. Use the discipline course. The obstacle course. These are all analogies and stories that I've told throughout the nano preps to help you get through this process. Because the main trick of our psyche, because of the nature of how we perceive the world, is to isolate us, is to make us feel alone and disconnected from the world around us. And it's through incorporating our goals, our ambitions, and our hopes into stories that we maintain that connection to the outside world. We break the illusion of separateness. Because, especially during NaNoWriMo, and though this isn't another NaNoWriMo pep talk, but it might as well be. Especially during NaNoWriMo, even though we know that there are thousands, if not millions, of other people doing this at the exact same time, I don't actually know what the number is, but it feels like everybody's doing it because most of the people I know on social media are writers. You simultaneously feel like you're a part of a crowd and absolutely alone. To me, this is why the marathon analogy works fairly well because one, I've never run a marathon. I'm not a runner. I have very bad knees and a very bad back. And yeah, running is not my thing. But the analogy holds very true for me. Because when you look at at a marathon, it's a whole bunch of people who run in a pack. They run in groups. They run together. But in the end, they're running alone. Yes, there are some people that are running to get placed to actually make it in in the first so many slots. But most of the people who are running a marathon have set a goal for themselves. They're going to do it in under so many hours. They're going to do it under the time that they did it at last time. They've set a goal. They've set a target. And while they're running with other people, they are actually running an individualized race. And so for me, the analogy works quite well. It works in my mind and it helps me understand the strain that I'm putting my mind under and my psyche under and my creativity under through the 30 days that I'm trying to craft these 30, these 50,000 words. That story helps me get to the end because it connects me. It reminds me of my connections, I should say, to the other people who are also running this race. And it keeps me from doing too much of that navel-gazing, of feeling alone, of feeling isolated, 
Nobody knows the problems that I'm having because nobody's writing my book. Nobody has the events that are going on in my life happening around them. Those are isolating thoughts. Those are thoughts that come up in our minds to trick us into believing that we are alone, even when we are taking part in a group project or in a group process. These are so important for us to get rid of. Because anything that isolates us, anything that cuts us off, anything that makes us feel separate and alone is, for the most part, a lie. There are times when I am alone. My husband goes in to the restaurant to work. I work out of the house, surrounded by three cats and a dog. So I'm not really alone because I have three cats and a dog, but for the most part, I don't see people all day. Though I do see a tiny house being, or is that a, yeah, it's a tiny house being moved by my house right now. And, huh, that's a thing. But anyway, uh, so I'm reminded that people are around and that people exist around me when they move their tiny houses with very big trucks down the road. But I'm not actually with them. I may call some people. I may text with some people. Sometimes I sit and chat with people. Sometimes I sit on Twitter and talk to people. But they're still not here. And so that illusion of separateness, that illusion of being alone, persists, even though I'm not really alone. I have people I can talk to, I have people that I can spend time with, I have people that I can hang out with. And so it's important to re-emphasize the story, to tell the story over and over and over again, to find the stories that work for us, and to let go of the stories that don't. Because the stories that we tell ourselves can be helpful and they can be harmful. They can hurt us. But we have to realize that everything that we do is couched in a story, whether we realize it or not. And all of those stories have the same mythic overtones and undertones. They have the same mythic themes that the stories that our ancestors have told for thousands of years. And so by learning those stories and learning to see when you're going up against your cyclops or your dragon or when you're trapped between Scylla and Charybdis, when the Dullahan is haunting the streets or when you have actually encountered the Bhavanshi, which is not a Banshee, by the way, even though they often get confused and that's frustrating, especially for me. Once you have that vocabulary, once you have those mythic themes clear in your head, and you can place yourself where you are in the events of your life, then everything flows easier. I'm not saying easy, but easier. Because when the story is taken away from us, that is dangerous. You see, the purpose of warfare and most violence, as we've discussed on the show before, violence is the removal of agency from a person so that they no longer have the ability to make choice. Anytime you remove choice from a person, you are committing an act of violence, even if we often don't categorize it that way. Most overt acts of violence are people imposing a new story upon an individual. The mugger is making you the victim in their tale. And if we're not careful, we make ourselves the victim in their tale 
and we carry that new story along with us. Understanding the stories that thread together, that weave themselves into the tapestry that makes us who and what we are, is one of the greatest things that we can do to make our lives better. And as storytellers, which I know not all, but many of you who listen to this podcast are, you know the elements of story. You know the various plot points that happen in every tale. And if you're careful, you can actually start intuiting where you are in the story. Though that is something you need to be very careful of. Because it's not uncommon for us to think that we're in the dark night of the soul, or in the all is lost moment, when we're not even though sometimes it feels like we are. Be careful naming too specifically where you are in your story. Because your story is a saga. It will have many beginnings, it will have many endings, and it will roll over and over and over again in a thousand different ways. And that's where you need to be mindful. When you're setting goals, Goals can be good. Goals motivate even the characters in the stories that we write about. But if you don't have a story, if you don't have a plan, if you don't have a strategy for how you're going to get from point A to point B, then point A and point B are separated by an infinite gulf of infinitesimal points and will never meet. So we have to come up with that story. We have to concoct that tale. We have to take actions that get us to where we want to go. We have to take actions that move us forward in our lives and in our goals. If we don't, they will not just happen for us. And that's the problem with wishes. Wishes are dreams that we put out into the universe hoping that unseen hands will bless us and make us whole. That unseen hands will fix the problems or give us the gift that we are seeking. And I'm not going to say that that's ludicrous, because sometimes that happens. I know I've been at places and been really down, and miraculously something happens. My Aunt Joyce was a master of this. When I was living in California, sometimes I'd have a really bad day, and I would go to check the mail, and there would be a Thinking of You card in the mail from her, just out of the blue, and it never failed to brighten my day. I didn't expect it. I didn't know it was going to be there. She would have no way of knowing that I was having a rough day because she would have had to have bought it, signed it, sometimes written something else in it, mailed it. It would have had to have traveled halfway across the country to get to me just to arrive when I needed it most. And you can call that a coincidence or you can call that a miracle. It doesn't really matter. It's a wonderful event where unseen hands came to pick me up when I least expected them. The biggest part of this for me was right after 9-11, and I don't like telling stories that take place after 9-11 or around 9-11, but hey, this, this is germane to the story here. I can't tell you how alone we felt after that. Brian's father worked in Washington, D.C., and we were unable to get in touch with his family for a really long time, so we didn't know what was going on. The likelihood that he was in the Pentagon was slim to none, so more than likely he was fine, but we couldn't get in touch with him, so we just didn't know. And because he worked for the government, there was a chance that he could have been there for some reason. And we were worried, 
and we were alone and Brian was had to go to work and I was sitting at the house alone and our mayor asked that we do a candlelight vigil and I grabbed a candle and I went outside and I lived in Oakland on the San Leandro border and the wind that was blowing as it does every night and I couldn't keep the candle burning. I couldn't keep the flame lit and I was sitting there on the ground in front of our apartment building weeping into this candle trying to get it lit and three gangbangers and I don't use that term lightly like I know them and I recognize the uh, flags that they were flying um, came over and stood around me in a circle and put their hands around the um, candle holder that I had the candle in to protect the flame from the wind and we just sat there in a circle keeping this light burning keeping this hope alive after such a dark day and that changed the way I see everything that changed the way I perceived the world because that became part of my story these are people that I did not know these are people that in my regular day I would have seen as a possible threat because, you know, I knew that they often did not good things. And, you know, you knew when to look into people's eyes. And when, if you've ever lived in a city like that, I mean, you know, the, there are protocols that you learn to follow. But there we were in solidarity in this moment of darkness, just sitting there, keeping the light lit. You never know where unseen hands are going to come from, so don't discount the possibility. But we can't rely on them either. We can't pretend that they will always come to help us. You never know when they will pop up and when they won't. And that's the real danger in wishing. That's the real danger in hoping. That's the real danger in setting goals without telling a story to connect them. But at the same time, you can't ignore the seemingly random events that come into your life and find ways to intentionally weave them into your story. That day is special to me for so many reasons because we had no reason to help each other. We had no reason to come around that tiny little fire and try to keep it alive. But we did, and that will forever be a part of my life. That will forever be a part of my story. That even people that may be a risk or a threat to me, if I'm not playing by the rules, can be a help. They can be there when you least expect them to be there for you. And that's a magical thing. So don't just make wishes. Don't just make goals. Don't just tell yourself, I am going to do this, that, or the other thing. Weave that story of your own life with as much tender care as you weave the story of your characters, realizing that, like with our own fiction, we often have less control than we think we do, because the other characters that take part in the story have their own wishes, goals, and ambitions and will do what they want. But sometimes they can surprise us with their kindness. Sometimes they can help us. But if we don't try to tell the story, that gap 
between what we want and where we are will stretch out as a yawning chasm and we will never ever get there so tell yourself a story and if you feel like sharing it with me i would love to hear it in the show notes you'll find a link to the voice message system if you click that you can send me a message keep it short keep it clean so i can use it on the show i would love to hear from you if you'd rather hit me up on social media, I am C. Dorset on both Twitter and Instagram, and you can find links to everything that I do over at ProjectShadow.com. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have and you haven't already, please take a moment to rate this podcast in whatever app you're listening to me on. It does help out a lot. If you would like to join the project in this, those same show notes, you'll find a link to the community support and to my Patreon. Any money that you can throw my way really does help me to do everything that I do. And I, I thank you so much to everybody who already does that. If you don't have any money to give right now or you just don't feel like doing it, that's perfectly all right. Trust me, I live there. I'm currently trying to figure out how to reshuffle my own finances so I can throw some money at, to some creators that I really, really love. So yeah, I understand how that can be a problem but if you know somebody that might like any of the work i do from the books to the world building to the podcast do share it with them that helps out immensely as well i hope you enjoyed this episode i, I do try not to be too self-helpy on this podcast because that's like not what i want to do but this is something this is a tool that has helped me out so much in my life that i thought i would share it especially as we're going into the holidays because a great day for us to weave those stories is Thanksgiving. And we'll be talking about that on Thanksgiving because I actually am going to have a podcast scheduled on that day. But yeah, be good to each other. And hopefully you're getting all the words written. But never forget until next time. Don't forget. Have the fun. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>